Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. Now, this is a bit of an odd one because in our 95 episodes of putting this out every week, this is my first solo episode. I've got no clip, I've got no guest. I'm just here in my room on my own with a mic, a cup of tea, some notes and just recording. So I'm going to try and do this without having to edit it. I'm just, uh, I've made a list of stuff I want to go through. I just wanted to talk about some stuff that's been going on the last couple of weeks. So as you know, Glenn's been busy with a 3945 Portraits project, which has been going absolutely splendidly. Uh, it was getting lots of press coverage. The exhibition went really well. And there's just more and more coming off the back of it. So Glyn is super busy with that at the moment. So there's going to be a few episodes where it's just going to be me and some guests until Glyn sort of kind of gets back into the groove again. Um, so this week, I just wanted to talk to you about where I've been. Uh, I've been away for a couple of weeks over in the USA, and I'm very fortunate that I get to travel with my work, Astute Graphics. So a big shout out to them because events like Adobe Max, like Crop, um, whether I could afford to go to them out of my own pocket, I don't know. The value of them, of going, is priceless. I mean, the, the things I'll talk about in this episode will be about the uh, relationships you make and the opportunities you get. So, as I said, I flew out to America on the 31st of October for two weeks. It was to cover two events. I, this is my fourth Adobe Max. And I, again, like I say, I've been lucky. I'm able to be a, a teaching assistant over there. And this one was, although it was in Los Angeles, I actually flew out to San Diego on the 31st of October. This was because Brexit was going to happen and I didn't want to be flying on the first day after Brexit. Now, obviously, you know, that's a complete dog's dinner. If you're listening to this, if you're English, you're fed up of hearing about it. And if you're American, it's just as amusing as your own situation. But um, I decided to fly Halloween because the very next day was my birthday and I didn't want it ruined by any kind of weird travel things going on. So I flew out to San Diego uh, to stay with my good friend Alan Hess, who's been on uh, He Shoots, He Draws a couple of times. He was on episode four and episode 87. And Alan and his wife Nadra very generously put me up for a couple of nights so I could have a, a couple of days to chill and acclimatise to the time zone, which is eight hours behind the UK which is really weird because when I, if I'm still up at sort of 11 o'clock in the evening, 12 o'clock, my kids are getting up for school the next day. It really plays with your head while you're over there. And it takes a few days to get used to it. I, uh, I had my first day there, as I always do, and I always joke with Glenn when he's away, I always wake up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, Alan's got two lovely boxer dogs and bless them, they were outside my door every single day I stayed at their house. But it was really cool that Alan puts me up there. So I say I've got a couple of days in San Diego just to relax before we did our little road trip up to Los Angeles on the Saturday morning, which was the second. So we had an apartment up in L.A., which um, was about two blocks opposite the uh, convention center. So it wasn't too much of a walk. It's about a five minute walk every morning. It was a really nice apartment. I would normally stay in a hotel. But uh, this year we just decided to look around, try something different. And me and Alan were going to be sharing a room because we were both teaching assistants and we just wanted something easy to have locally that we can get over to the convention centre and back. 
So uh, it, it was a big Adobe Max this year. I mean, there were a lot of people there. They're expecting about 16,000. Although we always joke because whenever you speak to anyone from Adobe or you go to any of, any of the events, it starts off, they go, oh, there's 14,000 in this room. And the next person comes on and goes, oh, there's 15,000. And the next person, oh, there's 16,000. And before you know it, it's like, oh, there's 18,000. So we just joked. If anyone said how many people are at Adobe Max, we just went oh, about a million because it's just so so busy now this year uh and and for the first time i think at la everything was set up around the los angeles convention center and by that i mean you had the staples center you had the marriott hotel you had the microsoft theater there was also a big workshop tent outside as well so everything was kind of nice and compact which is perfect because last year there was a bit of a mess up with a couple of things especially adobe uh, adobe max bash which i'll talk about later but it was quite cool because everything's in this sort of nice little area it's all walkable there's restaurants and everything and like i say we were two blocks opposite so it was great for myself and alan to get over there in the morning uh, now Nick uh, my boss at Astute Graphics was also there because we were both representing Astute Graphics this year it was a, another big year for us we've had lots of plugins we just released a new annual plan where everyone gets our plugins and we were dropping a brand new one on the Monday of Adobe Max because we think Adobe Illustrator users deserve some really good plugins and deserve some really good updates so we're we're lucky that we can offer those to adobe illustrator users and that's what we keep doing um so it was a big event for us now the first day was quiet for me the first two days are actually pre-con days so you can actually sign up to do a, a one day or a two day pre-con the biggest one is russell preston brown now he just puts on and it's not even a pre-con it's a show it's an event in itself and he has some really good people helping him this year he had Corey barker i think he had dan mumford i think lisa carney was helping him uh, just really good creative people helping Russell and, and if you've ever met Russell seen Russell the guy is just a, a creative genius and he puts something on different every year and this year was no exception um, Jesus Ramirez was walking around dressed up in the, the Mexican uh, skeleton face uh, which made me laugh because I didn't recognize him but I had a good walk around went and went and got my registration and everything because it's the quietest day uh, went and picked up my highly static free hoodie we joked because I know it's it's not a joke to talk about the fires going on in LA, but we sort of said, crikey, if, a, if there's a group hug with people wearing the Adobe Max hoodies, that is going to set off an, an electric charge and set something on fire. But uh, yeah, we went and did that. We went and got our badges, had a walk around the convention center, went to see who was about, who's doing what, and just sort of try and catch up with a few people on that first day. And that's one of those things with these kinds of events is... It is so, so busy that if you don't make time to go to some of the events outside of Adobe Max itself, you can and you will miss people. So it's a really good chance if you go to these events, get there a day early, go and have a walk around, sort of go on social media, find out where everyone is and try and meet up. And that's one thing that Kevin Stolmeyer does every year at Max. So we have a thing called a Tiki Meetup. It has a different name every year, but it's a place called Clifton's, which is in Los Angeles. Um, it's a fantastic building. It's got, uh, it's hard to describe really. It's kind of got a, an indoor jungly, eclectic feel about it. It's like Mr. Magorium's Imaginor Imaginarium, whatever it's called. Um, but it's a really good event so Kevin gets everyone together we have a Facebook group 
and he puts the invite out and it's a really good evening because everyone can come along they can you know meet each other some i mean there's a lot of people at adobe max i actually only see at adobe max even though we're from the same country so it's good to get together meet every meet up with everyone catch up see how you've been doing what you've been up to um and it's just really lovely because there's some good adobe people turn up there's some instructors go there and it's it's just a nice thing that Kevin does. It doesn't cost us anything, but it's a really great way to just have that sit down. And before the crazy starts, you can just sit down and talk about what you know, what you're doing, what you're going to be doing at Adobe Max, what you're looking forward to. And and that's the nice thing about this event is I know it's happened at Creative Pro. I know it happens at Photoshop World. There's always a meetup the night before. And if you do go to an event, I really, really can't recommend it enough because it's just a great way to not only meet your friends but also get introductions to other people that you haven't met yet because sometimes those introductions are a really good way of getting in with somebody rather than just walking up and just going oh hi I'm Dave I want to talk to you because of this. Now as I said I'm very lucky to be a teaching assistant this was my fourth year at Max I did San Diego uh, then it was Las Vegas and then it was LA and LA again this year and I believe it's going to be LA again next year and possibly a couple of years after that but I think they've got it sorted now in the LA conference center I think they know how everything works I think having the uh the Marriott and the Microsoft Theater and which I'll talk about later having the um the Max Bash at the Staples Center really works for them so a quick story, I have covered this before in an episode, but I actually got my job with Astute Graphics by actually going to my first Adobe Max in San Diego in 2016. I won't bore you with all the details, but the reason I want to tell you it again, if you haven't heard it before, is I went to this event completely open. I didn't know what to expect. I'd been to Photoshop World, I'd been to another couple of smaller conferences, and it, you know it was really good I mean I had the best time as I always do but Adobe Max was just a little bit more daunting because I knew there were going to be around eight to ten thousand people and you can get lost in that kind of number really really quickly so I went along and I saw on the itinerary that there was actually a class by Astute Graphics and I'd already tried to get them set up with um, another supplier just to see if they could work together it didn't quite turn out but i kept in touch with them so when i saw that they were going to be doing a class i signed up for it and it was the power of plugins for adobe illustrator and i happened to mention to my friend jesus ramirez that astute were there and he said oh i know those guys and i know their instructor sebastian bleak maybe we can go and have breakfast so um we went for breakfast i met nick i met camilla our marketing manager had a really good chat. We talked about a couple of things. I happened to mention about a thing I'd done with Aaron Draplin, which I have mentioned on other podcasts before. But uh, basically, it was I organised something that meant Aaron came to the UK and Nick was quite impressed by the fact that I put it all together. Didn't think anything of it. Never thought I was going to get a job. It was just purely meeting up and, you know, wanting to sit in their session, which was very, very good. Um, but we kind of bumped into each other throughout Adobe Max and uh, it was the first time I actually met Aaron Draplin because I'd organised this event in London that was just after Adobe Max. So it's a really big year for me and I, like I said, I didn't really know that many people and there were a lot of people there that I really looked up to, uh, the Adobe Evangelists. There are a lot of instructors there in that first year that I really didn't think I'd ever be able to see, but I did. Uh, it was really good. It went really quickly. Had a fantastic time and 
Subsequently, got back and within a couple of months, Nick had offered me a job at Astute Graphics and I absolutely said yes, but that's a whole other story. So um, what I'll quickly do is I'll go through each day at Adobe Max and sort of explain to you what happened and what I did, just to give you an insight as to what this event's like, because if you have gone uh, and you might want to go again, it's good to know the kind of things that happen in Adobe Max. And if you've never been before, then I'll just give you an overview of what my days were like and the kind of things I did uh, in the hope that it might encourage you to go one year. So my first day, uh, which was the pre-con, which was Sunday the 3rd, um, this was the whole day where there's only the pre-cons held. So Adobe Max actually starts on the Monday morning. Uh, my pre-con was, again, I did it with uh, Nick Sambrato from Mama Source. I did it last year. At, I'm trying to think, I might have even done it the year before that as well. Um, and Nick puts on a really cool hands-on printing pre-con. And this year was no exception. It was at the International Print Museum in LA. A fantastic location. It was a printer's Disneyland. I was absolutely like a kid in a toy shop in that place. It had just about every printer you could think of. Hand presses, liner type, screen print. It, it, I mean, the place is just an unbelievable museum. And if you're in LA and you get a chance to go and see it, please do. Because Mark, who runs it, uh, and his small team of staff and his volunteers just run an absolutely beautiful museum and they, they're selling stuff they've got a ton of books in there i mean that was my oh, i went in and saw all the books and i could have bought pretty much everything but uh you know what luggage is like coming back internationally you've only got 23 kilos so uh had to resist a lot of things but it was a really good day uh nick just absolutely knows printing inside out and his team were able to put on this really cool pre-con uh, I'd say probably aside from the Alan Hess concert photography uh, pre-con that he did at Photoshop World a few years ago, this pre-con hands down is the best one I've I've ever done. And, and great if you love printing and you love graphic design because you get to actually touch and feel some of these things. There was an engraving machine that had been carved, I think it was something like 1776, and people were running off prints off of that by hand. And it was just incredible to touch something that old that was american as well because obviously you know history is a lot different over there but it was so cool seeing all these old machines so what they did was they set up six stations where you could make paper you could use a linotype machine which is an incredible google it um look up linotype l-i-n-o-t-y-p-e machine and just how that thing works i don't know how anybody was able to sit there and decide how that thing was built and how it worked but it was incredible and I actually got my name um set up in it and not I'm not printed but it was made as metal but you could do letterpress you could do uh, screen printing onto tote bags and t-shirts there was hand stamping uh, there was just tons of stuff to do and there was about 50 people then and what they did throughout the day was they just spent time in one area and when they uh, everyone had had to go they just moved everyone around the, the smiles on everyone's faces was just fantastic to see because everyone was getting their hands dirty. They were getting their hands in paper and in ink and just picking up all the letter blocks and everything and creating their own artwork. It was really nice to see. Uh, if you get a chance, follow the International Print Museum. They are on social media. They've got a website and you can also follow Mama's Source on the uh, on Instagram and Twitter and they've got their own website. And they've also got some great merch. So, um if you like printing, you like cool print stuff, go and follow Mama Source and say go and support the uh, International Print Museum over there in LA. 
So once that had finished, we headed off back to the LA Convention Center and dropped all our stuff off. Um, then in the evening, uh, I had a couple of options for the evening. I would normally go to uh, an event called the Partners Event, which is where third-party partners who work with Adobe uh, all have a bit of a meet-up. I did it last year. Nick was going to go this year, and I got to go and visit my friend, the lovely Lisa Carney. Um, she was on episode 48, if you don't know Lisa. She's a fantastic artist. She is the she is the person that the people who do her job want to be. And I think that's a really cool thing to have in her industry. So uh, Lisa's a retoucher. She works in Hollywood. She works with movie posters and TV shows. And uh, just look at her website. I'll put links, all links in the show notes. But go and check her out because her work's amazing. And that was really cool because, again, it was another opportunity to go and sit and chat with friends outside of Adobe Max in a nice, quiet, relaxed environment. She put It was a, her, her lovely home in L.A., just in north LA kind of to the right of Hollywood and um, yeah she it was fully catered and there were some lovely people there that I hadn't met before and again I can't stress enough when you go to an event and there's people you don't know it's a perfect opportunity to get introduced and ask who people are and go and talk to them because you just never know what can come from it and it might not always be who they are it might be who they know and they can give you an introduction to someone else. And when you're in an event like this, we've all got the same thing in common. We're all there for a single thing. We're all there to learn. We're all there to network. We're all there to teach. And uh, these sort of opportunities are just, like I say, I can't I'll keep repeating myself. But I've got where I am today through a lot of this, through a lot of going and spending time talking to people and going to the networking side rather than just sat in classes all day. There's so much more you can learn, not just from sitting in a class. So that was a lovely roundup to that first evening on the Sunday. So going into day one of Adobe Max, uh, if you've ever seen it online, if you've ever heard about it, you'll know that this is kind of the Adobe mothership. This is where everything's going to happen, where all the announcements are going to be made, where all the updates are going to be shown on big screens and and where you know the top people from Adobe come out and... Uh, just talk about what's been going on in the world of Adobe and creativity. And it is a fantastic, I mean, the, the video screens are just, I couldn't even guess how wide they are. They just completely surround the front from left to right. Fantastic videos that they put on. Uh, and then they came out and then they, sort of, the big thing this year, I think the big expectation this year was going to be Photoshop on the iPad. And that was something they promised last year. And it was kind of one of those things that had to be delivered. Now, for me, I actually think it's a great idea i think all of the adobe products being available on the ipad or mobile devices as well as the iphone is really important for creatives because you know i'm sat here in a room i'm sat in front of my imac with a second monitor we all have these extra devices now we've all got mobiles and laptops and, and ipads and we want to be able to work more mobile we, we're encouraged to work mobile now I wouldn't say that I would do a lot of professional work mobile, but it's, as Alan said, Alan Hess said, he loved that he could just jump on his iPad with Photoshop and sort of kind of do some stuff while he's sat on his sofa and then send it back to his Mac for when he wanted to do, a, you know, finish it off later on. But it saved him having to be sat in his office. So this day one, no exception. It was the big announcement. They came out, they showed off Photoshop, um, there's a few other extra things in Photoshop, which um, my friend like Jesus Ramirez has got a couple of videos on his Photoshop training channel. Um, you, you'll find a ton of stuff out there on YouTube saying what was new in Photoshop 2020. 
Uh, I was obviously looking forward to things like Illustrator and InDesign and I have to say, as a user of Illustrator, uh, I jokingly said to somebody, I like the fact that there's no um, no additions to Illustrator because it means Astute Graphics has got more to offer. And he said, that wasn't very kind. And when I looked at his badge, I realised it was uh, an Illustrator engineer. So I very quickly backpedalled and backtracked and said, okay, what I mean is, if Illustrator is going to bring out new features, don't bring out what we've already got. Um, occasionally they do bring out things that we've already got in our suite and not to the extent that we do it but you know we're, we're making tools that are for designers and so those things should be there so yeah I was a little bit disappointed with the illustrator editions uh, I think really it was like background save auto spell check and they changed the simplify tool which still I didn't think it was that big a change but um it's better than it was before. Uh, InDesign again, there was a couple of small features on InDesign. I think Terry White, uh, if you check on his Facebook page, he did uh, actually did a, a session on Adobe Live where he showed some of the new things that were in InDesign. There was a really cool thing to do with uh, Adobe Stock where you can find similar images and there was a good way of cropping images down and selecting one part of it and then asking Adobe Stock to find something similar to that, which was really cool. But overall, I think in terms of updates, obviously Fresco was launched, which is the iPad painting app. Uh, there was some cool stuff in Premiere Pro, uh, but there are some of the apps that kind of got left behind. There wasn't really um, a great deal of stuff in Audition. And I'd, I'd like to have seen more key new features in some of these tools because it's not always all about Photoshop. But at the end of the day, there's shareholders, it's Adobe, they have to do something. And even if you don't get those updates now, the good thing about Creative Cloud is you get these updates throughout the year as and when. So it's not like you're stuck with Adobe Max like we used to be like every 18 months waiting for new things. So I'll cut my bit of slack on that because there are, you know, there are some cool new features. They have been working hard and adding stuff to it. And I'm sure there'll be a few things that will come out for the next few months. So I won't gripe too much, but... Uh, I'm an Adobe lover. They provide the tools that have given me a living and they provide the tools that give my company a chance to actually operate. So don't ever start an argument with me about why you don't like subscriptions or why you don't like Adobe because I've heard all of it and each to their own. I've got a reason to like it. They are the tools that provide me with the best tools for the job that I do. So that's my thoughts on that. So the rest of day one was really down to me going into a couple of sessions. Now, the thing is with Max is there is a full itinerary of classes and you can sit in and just follow a single track. You can go into all the Premiere Pro classes. You can go to the Illustrator classes, the Photoshop. I like to do a bit of varied stuff. When I am at Max, I, I do like to sit in a couple of classes to learn things, but I generally like the classes or the sessions where it's somebody talking about their creative process or their background because I get to know more about them and also because I've got my astute hat on I'm also actually looking to see who we can work with and sometimes you can find some absolute little gems who use uh, Illustrator or just really creative and, and we've actually got quite a few creatives uh, who have supplied artwork for us have worked with us that we have found at Adobe Max uh, which I will mention later but the first session was uh, a guy that I actually met because of uh, Adventures in Design podcast. 
and his name's Dan Styles. Now, I think I knew of Dan's work before I heard him on Adventures in Design, but through the podcast, I did sort of hear a little bit more about his work and his process, and I really liked him. I've seen Dan before, so I wanted to go and see this new class that he had called The Style of One, Finding Your Voice. And what it was, was he showed a bunch of his artwork, and he was talking about finding your voice in your design. So we're all different. We all have different things that we love and and loathe. So he was saying, look, here's a bunch of my work. Let's go through it all, and let's pick out certain elements where there's kind of not repetition, but where you start to see a theme. And he was saying that he found when something was successful, he made a note of it and he started to do more artwork in that style. Uh, The like color palette that he had, whether it's a particular thing like music, uh, gig posters, or if it was just event posters. And Dan goes through the whole thing. It was such a good talk. And and he had a queue of people up talking to him afterwards. But it really was inspiring because it did make you sit there and think, oh, wow, yeah, I'd never noticed that before. Maybe I could try a theme. Maybe I could try a color palette. And the good thing is, is this is all digital. You know, as Aaron Draplin always says, we just click a mouse. It's all free. Vectors are free. So you can go away and practice things and, you know, look on Pinterest and look on other designers, look on Instagram and just kind of get an idea of what people do and just practice some stuff. I mean, that's all I do is I just sort of noodle around and have an idea. My brother's got a band, so I sort of practice with his song titles, try and put some artwork together. But Dan did actually really inspire me to sort of focus more on a couple of things that I'm going to try this year and next year in my own design. The second session I did, it's no surprise it was Aaron Draplin. It was his deepest, darkest secrets, and that was in the Microsoft Theatre, um, which I think he had about a thousand people in there. And it's, it's an amazing theatre. It's so cool to see Aaron on such a big stage with a like almost an IMAX screen behind him. But he did a really good session going through Adobe Illustrator and his work process. And I mean, I was sat with Mike Jones from Creative South on one side and Toby Martin from Extensis on the other side. And I could just see them both going, oh, wow, oh, wow. And Aaron just goes through his work process. He was showing a couple of things like using different tools in Illustrator to make your workflow easier. Um, The highlight for me was he got to about, I think it was tip nine, and he did a whole three to five minutes on astute graphics. And I was like a kid in a toy shop I was smiling from ear to ear because we didn't pay Aaron for that we didn't know he was going to do it he just does it because he loves our tools and he loves sharing that our tools help him every day so thank you to Aaron for that I don't know that he'll listen to this but a big thanks to Aaron Draplin because um, it was just so cool that he did that in front of so many people and he had two sessions and he did it in both I went in one I told Nick my boss he couldn't believe it so he went in in the other one and we both videoed it And that was just a huge highlight for us because that just shows the power of these relationships that we've built and the the relationship that I've built with Aaron. It's independent to work, but it also combines with my work. And and I like to keep it separate, but when it works together, it's really nice. Um, Aaron's session, as always, is just like say full of full of um, information and tips. And if you ever get to go and see Aaron do a talk, please do, because I love the guy's work ethic. I think he's probably one of the, if not the most watched, followed designers out there. And he's just an absolute sweetheart, such a lovely guy. And and Lee, his girlfriend, she, oh, I don't know if I like the word girlfriend, but it's, 
She's his partner, his business manager, but Lee is an absolute star because she works just as hard as Aaron and deserves all the plaudits as Aaron gets because she's on that merch stand, she's in that van travelling around with him and he does some miles. If you look and see where he goes, he does do some miles. But that's enough about Aaron. The next thing after that is the community pavilion and this is where all the vendors are. So if you go in it's laid out in rows and numbers and all the booths have numbers and if you've ever been to a big exhibition before you'll kind of know what this is like and this is where all the big partners of adobe are and they have booths with demonstrations there was fonts there was uh, workstations there was swag there was t-shirt printing you turn any corner and you know there's a friend there or there's just a really cool stand where you can go and learn something uh now with this year astute graphics worked with font self who have got a great plugin for making fonts and we did a little um series of videos with a great lettering artist called will patterson and it was just showing how to go from uh, sketching out lettering turning it into a vector uh alphabet and then you take it from the vector into font self which turns it into a usable font that you can use on your system with other products so you know with um Microsoft Word or any any other creative thing, although why you'd use anything outside of Adobe, I don't know, because I'd never use Publisher. But uh, that's really cool, so it was really nice to see them there. And again, like I said, I turned every corner and there was just someone there that I knew, either from previous Adobe Maxes. There were a couple of people missing, I won't say who they are, but um, I did message them beforehand to see if they were going to be there and they just chose not to this year. So I hope they are back, but there was some really cool stuff there. Uh, got to bump into David Blackner over at uh, creativepro.com. Uh, he's kind of one of my InDesign people that I've learned from. And if you haven't seen me banging on about it, I have actually got a book coming out, which I'll mention at the end of the episode. So uh, I've learned a lot from David and Anne-Marie from InDesign Secrets over the years on uh, on their website and through their magazine. And it was really nice to catch up with them. And, you know, to even talk about the book was was really cool because, you know, being an author just makes you feel a bit different yeah yeah just walking around there were so many demo stations there were moleskin were there and they were doing engraved notebooks and we worked with moleskin now and it was just so cool seeing all these clients and people that we actually do stuff with that when i think back to three or four years ago we didn't know any of these people i didn't know any of these people and now when i walk around it's just like every on every corner there's an old friend um or there's an old friend introduce, introducing me to a new friend and then you know I'll I'll keep in touch with them over the year and I'll see them again next year and it's just so so cool. At the end of that day, uh, which I'm trying to think how many hours it goes on for. I think the community pavilion opens about eleven. And it's open all day, so you can bounce in and out between sessions and uh, and go and see things that are going on. And then they close it for a little while and they bring out food and drink for everybody. Uh, there's food stations everywhere. There was drink. There was beer. There was what whatever you wanted. Uh, there were snacks. And they did this really cool thing where you can go in and you can mix with the vendors and you can go and ask them, you know, slightly more relaxed questions. You don't have to have the full on sales pitch. Uh, the one thing I would say about Adobe Max, wear comfortable shoes because you will get some steps in. That is a huge place. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot of bouncing between rooms. Uh, I bought a lovely brand new pair of Nike trainers before I went and I'm glad I did because they were like slippers. So that's one tip if you are going to Adobe Max, make sure you've got comfortable shoes and some of those rooms can get cold with the aircon. So always take a sweatshirt with you. But LA weather, even in November, was just really lovely. 
So, uh, yeah, so that was day one. So day two, got up in the apartment with Adam and went to have breakfast, as we always did every morning, just grab a coffee and a bagel, walked over to the, um, I'll, I'll refer to it as the LACC, because I know it's too long to keep saying it, and I had an early class, uh, it was and it was an InDesign class, and I really wanted to go to this one because it was run by two sisters called Amy and Jen Hood, who have a company called Hood Spa. Now, I met Amy and Jen at Creative South a couple of years ago, and the only reason I went up and spoke to them was because they were an American company, I knew they were American, and they had a little, uh, part of this like side uh, business is called Odds and Sods, and they do pin badges. And I was really intrigued to know why an american company had such a specific english term for their business and it turned out that one of them had a boyfriend who was from kent and it was something that he said and they really liked it but again this was an event i just went up cold walked up to them and asked them a question and we got on really well then we saw each other at another event and another event and by the time this one came round. Amy and Jen use astute graphics. You know, they are just lovely, so creative, so talented. They've got a ton of great work out there. But I wanted to see their InDesign class because not a lot of people know that how good they are at InDesign. They see their lettering and their logo branding and, and the kind of stuff they've got on the website. But actually, so many designers should be and probably are using InDesign um, a lot more than they actually do so i wanted to sit in and see this and uh they said to me oh you've got the book you're in design master i am absolutely not i'm constantly seeing things in indesign i didn't know that it did and constantly making notes so i sat there in their class and i realized after five minutes i'm gonna have to get my phone open and start making notes and taking screenshots because some of the stuff they were showing was absolute gold just things i'd forgotten about things I hadn't realised you could do a certain way in InDesign and there were a couple of things I didn't even know or, or things I'd never done in InDesign. So they did a brilliant session. I got to catch up with them. They are going to be on the podcast very soon as well. So I've asked them to be on um, and to talk about their work that they do and also our love of InDesign. So if you love InDesign, you'll listen to it. If you don't love InDesign, you should because you should fall in love with it and start using it. So that was my first class of day two. Straight after that was the second keynote of Adobe Max, which is on the second day. This is the one where they have the guests, the big name guests. Um, previously, they've had Quentin Tarantino, they've had Ron Howard. Uh, they really do bring in the big guns. Now, sadly, they did have Annie Leibovitz lined up and she had to pull out. So they replaced her with David LaChapelle and... Uh, this year there was one guest, there was one person I didn't know and I was really intrigued when I see someone I don't know because I think, well, if you go and watch you know, the big hitters, you know what you're going to get. And there was this young lady called Chantelle Martin who probably, for me, was the best uh, talk at the second day of the Max keynote because I didn't know her, I didn't know what to expect and I thought she absolutely owned that audience and there was a good I'm going to say a good 10,000 people in there at least uh, to sit down for the second uh, the keynote. Chantel came out, she had a bunch of cards to help her and what she did was she shuffled them up and she was talking about her background and creativity and what she does and how she comes to you know do the work that she does. And I, I, I was sat with Alan and I said it was like watching poetry. She just was so eloquent and, and spoke about all the things she was doing so well. 
I love that she was from London, so she had a few little <laughs> Londonisms that I picked up on, um, where her accent really came out strong, although she doesn't live in London anymore. I think she said she was from a place called Thamesmead, but check her out. It's Chantel, S-H-A-N-T-E-L-L, Martin. Uh, she kind of does hand-drawn work. Um, somebody said doodling, but I think that's kind of undervaluing what she actually does. But it's it's really great artwork, and she works with some really big names of what she does, and she is so creative. So if you ever get the chance to Google her or go on YouTube and watch some of the stuff that she does, she was an incredible young lady and very, very talented and deserves big things. So um, she was my favourite. She was the first one on. Then we had David LaChapelle. Now, as a non-photographer, I don't really know. I know of him. I didn't really know who he was. So it was interesting to see what, what he was going to say and see his body of work. And I have to say, his story was fantastic. I mean, the guy has had a difficult life. Um, there's been lots of things that have happened in his life that have really affected him. His artwork, I mean, his photography throughout the years... Rolling Stone magazine and, and other big publications. He's very artistic. He's very creative with his photography. Very bright, vibrant colours. But he told a really good story about himself. And it, it endeared me to him. Not that I didn't like him in the first place. I just had no idea who he was. And sometimes you can have preconceptions of people. And kind of mm, don't like him because of this. Or don't like them because of that. But I think saying that he had to step in for Annie Leibovitz. Uh, relatively short notice he did a really good talk so that was enjoyable i think next was and i never never pronounce his name right i think it's m night Shyamalan, um the film producer who did the sixth sense he was very very good and i have to say jason levine who is who was the host for that particular interview because Chantel did hers on her own david lachapelle did his on his own but m night Shyamalan was uh it was an interview now Jason Levine we've had him on the podcast another plug episode 39 Jason is one of my favorite people at Adobe he's part of the keynote he he's very dramatic I know that's not Jason I know that's not really him but he does put on a great presentation very enthusiastic and he made for a great interviewer and he really got the best out of out of his guest I'm not going to keep saying his name you know who I mean now uh, it was just very good and I think that I think it was about half an hour and that went really quickly because he was talking about his, his when he grew up how he got into film the kind of thing things that happened to him while he was trying to get you know certain films off the ground and now as successful as he is he talks about you know how difficult it was with his family to even get started in film so that was really good uh, probably the most unusual one of the event was um Billie Eilish and Takashi Murakami and I hope I've said that right theirs was about a collaboration um, that they did on a video for Billie Eilish now I've seen some of Billie's work I actually think she's a talented young lady for the age of 17 I think she's probably on the kind of path that I'd say Madonna where I could see her starting at such a young age she'll reinvent herself every so often uh, she's, she, you know, she's done a lot for a 17 year old she i think a lot of people were confused why she was up there but she had done a collaboration with adobe over a, a creative project where somebody i think a young lady from australia won it so she had done some stuff from adobe but um takashi mirakami was such a lovely guy um i'm gonna say he's i should check really before i even do this episode 
he i think he's japanese i could be wrong and if i am i apologize to anyone that's listening that knows him i should have researched this but he given that english wasn't his first language i thought he handled himself very well i think he answered the questions as eloquently as he could he was very creative very honest you can tell that the guy's you know from head to toe is absolutely creative and his work that he did with with billy was really good uh my criticism of one thing for adobe is uh, i can't remember her name but there's a lady comes on who's quite high up i think she's like the marketing director at adobe she does some of the interviews on stage and i think she definitely needs some coaching because when you've got a 17 year old girl like Billie eilish you want to be able to get the best out of them and i just think this was the first interview where i think the interviewer let the interview down by just not tuning in to what was going on but that's just a small just a small niggle um obviously next was if you'd seen the big name of the event was dave grohl and they used dave grohl's music from the food fighters in the big presentation videos and dave came on and dave's just an absolute legend you know he sat there he was just engaging he was funny told some great stories about nirvana about how the food fighters started and the way he writes music he now does documentaries and he's got children and you know he's just talking about life and, and what he's been up to uh he's say he's an absolute legend and he was so good and again you know the interviewer i think could have given dave a better interview and he perhaps may have not needed to have answered some really obvious questions but overall you know it was a great second day keynote um it's nice to finish off with dave Grohl. he's a legend everyone wants to see him i know um our friend meredith adobe had posted on facebook uh, she's going to need bail money if she gets anywhere near, near him so uh, I think they kept her away but she really wanted to meet Dave Grohl uh, so after the keynote uh went back out into the sessions and my first session of of the day after the keynote was a design legend somebody who I absolutely respect and look up to so much I love her body of work and that's Paula Scher from Pentagram now I I kind of uh, first started to take note of Paula when she was featured in the Abstract on Netflix documentary uh, where they covered her history and her work and what her home life is and her creativity and just sat there and with my mouth open looking at her body of work and listening to her talking about it and the ups and downs she had and just the whole room was just engaged with everything she said now she was in a hall where there are five other uh, big rooms in there and last year it was an absolute nightmare because uh, Glyn Dewis, my co-host, was doing a session. There were four other sessions on and all that was separating them was a thin curtain. So subsequently everybody was trying to talk over everybody else and if there was music it affected the other four. So this year they did something really interesting which was like a silent disco so you went in the speaker wasn't mic'd up uh to talk to the room she was just mic'd up to to talk to the system that they used with the headphones so you went in put your headphones on and then when paula started to talk it would come through if you took the headphones off you couldn't hear her which was quite quite weird to stand in a big room and and to be a speaker and not being able to hear yourself other than just talking must have been really odd for them but it worked really well she was really engaging they did a Q&A at the end of it where there was three queues of people. She answered every single question. Uh, there were young students asking different questions about getting started in the industry. And Paula was just very honest, uh, very 
generous with her information and advice and it was an absolute pleasure to watch her so after that it was another session again an inspirational talk by tad carpenter called this could be fun now tad is one of the nicest guys in the design industry i first met him at adobe max and every designer that i knew just absolutely talked so much love about tad that i just thought i had to meet this guy and when i did turns out he's an astute graphics user so he instantly just multiplied by 10 in my book but he is just just one of the nicest sweetest guys in the industry and you just sit and watch him and just hung on his every word so he did this really good good talk he talked about his background and again you know you get to know these people but you don't actually know who they are and we've had guests on the podcast where we've said we know who you are but we don't actually know who you are so we go back and find out what they did and tad pretty much started off when he was a kid his dad worked for hallmark where they live it was the hallmark factory do the greeting cards uh he loved his local sports team and he did some work when he was a kid then that ended up you know years on he ended up actually doing paid work for them i think it was the royals um but it was so engaging so funny he put on such a great show uh, a great presentation uh, he did give a stupid shout which i do thank him for but he was talking about his wife jessica they've just had a little baby boy uh, luca so congratulations to them and he was talking about how his life's changed and how they're going to work around that but this was the kind of session that i love i like i said before i like sitting in classes where i can learn something Um, and do hands-on but I really do prefer the ones where I get to know people and I get to know their creative process because there are so many little tips and tricks you pick up like things they tried uh, failures successes and and uh, Jesus once said to me that success leaves clues and I think if you watch some of these sessions you do actually pick up clues on where these people got got their successes and how they built upon them rather than just treat them a one-off and then move on to something else so those two sessions uh, in that part of the day were just gold for me um like i say i didn't want to just completely ram my day with uh, back-to-back learning sessions because you do go away and kind of forget some of it but i remember pretty much everything from both of those so if you do go to these events do try and fit them in because they are really worthwhile next after that was an event called sneaks now before i went to sneaks i went back to the expo hall because in between sessions the best thing to do is go back to the expo hall community pavilion and go and catch up with more people because there are people moving in and around the actual sessions themselves and they they obviously going back in back in and out and i mean there were a couple of people i just did not see this year that i knew were there and but if you're gonna find them the best thing to do is go to the community pavilion because that's where you're more likely to see them on a booth or doing a demonstration i said Bert or Bert monroy on the ben q stand i wouldn't have probably seen him had i not gone over there so it was good to go back in between the sessions uh if you could get time to get over there then was obviously sneaks so sneaks is where they show some of the technology that they're working on that may or may not end up being in adobe products and there have been things in the past the previous sneaks that have come out we're obviously always interested in the illustrator ones but it's always good to see the photoshop and the audio and the visual technology they've got and some of it is just mind-blowing how they how they do it and what's even funnier is they actually get the engineers who are working on it to come on and demonstrate it to probably 
I'd say not quite as many as 10,000. I'd say it's probably six to 8,000 for sneaks because everyone wants to get to the max bash, which is straight after. So after last year's mess with um, Beck, I think this year a lot of people skipped sneaks and went off to get ready for the max bash. But sneaks is really good. It was Paul Tranny and one of my favourite comedians, John Mullaney. Now, John absolutely had Paul on the ropes because John is a very funny guy. Paul was trying to keep things together and had to kind of stick to a strict a script, trying to make sure that the engineers were coming out one after the other in the time allotted. So I'm sure it's very difficult when you're working with a very funny creative and then you're trying to keep to script and trying to kind of have banter and join in, but at the same time probably have voices in your ear saying, move on, move on, move on. So Paul did a really good job, all things considered. John Mulaney was just really funny. Uh, if you if you go online on the Max on the Adobe Max website, there are some of the sessions, and I think the keynotes are all live up there anyway. So I'll put links in the show notes for that. But um, if you get a chance to watch it, there was some quite good stuff they showed at Sneaks this year. Uh, some really scary stuff around audio, which was quite funny. Um, but there's some cool stuff coming out, and hopefully, some of those things that are useful will actually happen. Uh, there are some gimmicky things that you maybe look at and think, well, I don't really need them. Last year, there was one where they could make your face move like a statue, which I don't see much use for other than on an app on a phone. But um, good stuff. I take my hat off to the engineers because it's probably the first time they've ever spoke to a crowd. And uh, they get up and a couple of things go wrong and everyone was cheering and supporting them. Nobody booed or, you know, kind of giving heckled them or anything it was just constant 100% support for them to uh, to be able to get through their session so um so after that was the max bash which is the big party night i won't go too much into it it's uh, it was at the staples center this year which was next door and it was uh, vampire weekend now i'd never seen vampire weekend before i went in i knew one song which was called a punk and i wasn't sure if i was going to like them i kind of thought I don't they turned out to be a completely different band to the band I had in my head so that was nice because I by the end of by the end of the set they just had it was a tight band seven piece loved every song loved the show I've become a big fan of them instantly I've gone out and got their three albums I want to go and see them on tour again I think Adobe picked a really good band this year. Last year, I think it was Mark Ronson and Saint Motel. Uh, no, it was Beck last year. Then the year before that, it was Mark Ronson and Saint Motel. And the year before that, I think it was Alabama Shake. So they do f- tend to find good bands. And it's a really nice thing to have. There's food and there's um, it's all free. Everything's paid for. You don't really have to put your hand in your pocket. Or drink. There was beer. There was um kind of gig food in all the vendors all around the Staples Centre. So that was really good. I had a really good night there. Uh, and after that, that was day two over. I went back to the room and prepared for day three. So day three started. Again, me and Alan headed over to the LACC and uh, I was actually going to be a TA for Tony Harmer. So part of my TA gig, I had to do a whole day pre-con and then one lab session. So Tony very very kindly asked for me and I love working with Tony. Uh, we both do a, a podcast uh, <laughs> periodically. Uh, never know when the next one's going to be but uh, it's called the Vector Generians podcast. I think the last episode we did was, I can't remember if it was us or it was the Aaron Draplin episode but um, if you look us up on uh, on iTunes you'll find it. It's just me and Tony just chatting about vectors and design and having a giggle so um so Tony's session is always going to be good. He did a fantastic intro video that he animated himself and it was all around Monster Ash, but it was swapped out for Adobe Max. 
Uh, and it put the room at ease. Tony just does that. He's got such a unique and really cool way of showing off stuff. It was an infographics class. It was quite technical. It was in Adobe Illustrator, but he absolutely put the room at ease and had everyone out eating out the hand, uh, palm of his hand. Uh, just the hour went, hour and 15 minutes went really quick and it was a really good session, but I love working with Tony. So that was a nice start to the day. Now, the rest of the day, I had a couple of sessions booked in um, that were both around what's new in Illustrator, and they were both about an hour each. Now, I don't think that the what's new in Illustrator could have filled 10 minutes. So I decided to skip them, and Nick went to those sessions instead. And I went back to the expo and tried to spend some more time with vendors and friends and clients of Astute Graphics. Um, also on day three, they have this really cool thing called Marketplace, and this is where uh, vendors can come along and they can set up a small table. Uh, I think there was about 20, about 20 of them set up uh, across the front of the entrance. So what's really cool is you walk in and there's the marketplace in front of you. So it's really nice that you get to see all this cool merchandise of prints, T-shirts, badges, tattoos, uh, stickers. And you can go along and these are all creatives. There are all people who run their own design agencies and they either make money from design or from merchandise. Uh, now, Aaron Draplin had a full full on three day merch booth in the community pavilion for the whole time. Previous years, he's just on Marketplace. His booth was absolutely rammed all three days. I think they absolutely ravaged his table. His merch was just flying off it. So on this day three, it was nice this year to see some other people there. So Mama Sauce, who'd done the pre-con, they had a table. The, uh, Amy and Jen Hood, Hoodspire, had a table. Tad Carpenter did, Dan Stiles. Uh, Nevermade, um, which is Francisco Reyes Jr., who works for Shepherd Ferry. He had his there. The Hellcats table, which is um, Clark Orr and his wife, Brittany. Uh, another company called Inch by Inch. Look them up online because they do uh, badge packs every so often. I think it's every month or, or bi-monthly. And all the money goes to underprivileged kids who want to get into art. So that's really good, uh, really good cause. But it was just nice being able to walk along, see everyone. I bought a few bits of merch, bought some T-shirts and stickers and badges. Um, and it's just a nice way to get to chat to the designers and spend time. I met a couple of new people there, that was, which was really nice. Got introduced to them. I saw Nick Longo from Deeply Creative Podcast. He was there podcasting the whole time and Nick's going to be a guest soon. It was always good to see him. Um, bit of a highlight for me was I actually got to meet Mark Bricky from Adventures in Design. We'd kind of bounced emails back and forth in the past and on social media and we kind of got mutual friends and I said I've got a lot of clients and a lot of friends who have come from me listening to his podcast and I've then contacted them and they've become astute graphics customers and friends as well. So it's great meeting Mark and he was there doing his um, coverage of the event because Mark is, you know, 100% full out kind of journalist covering everything. And he was there with his phone, his gimbal, his video and everything. So I'll pop, pop a couple of links to what he did because he did a podcast and he did a video uh, on YouTube covering it. So, and they were both really good, worth watching. While I was there queuing up to buy something off Tag Carpenter, I saw Stefan Sagmeister walk, walk past. He smiled at me. That was a bit of a highlight. Um, but that day three, I mean, it went so quick. I couldn't believe that there I was planning for day one. And then by day three, it was just over it. It all gone. And I was still in that expo hall. I met um, Rob Zilla, who's a really good friend of ours. He introduced me to a guy called Cal uh, Kervin Brissot, who actually did the splash screen for Illustrator 2019. Lovely guy. He introduced me to some people. 
Uh, I've got a ton of business cards to come away with to to uh, contact people when I got back. But I was just frantically trying to go around and see everybody that I knew and say hello. And I'm sure I've forgotten people. I tried to make notes about all this. And I know I've probably forgotten one or two people I, I should be mentioning. But it was just three days full on. I did something like 45,000 steps over the three days uh, from walking around. It was good for fitness, if nothing else. Um it was sad I didn't get to see friends such as Corey Barker, Dave Cross, uh, my dear friend Kathy from Adobe, who um, who I have a lot to thank for. It's a shame that you can go to an event like this and actually not see friends that you only see when you're usually there. And it was quite sad I didn't see um, Corey and Dave. I didn't see Julianne Cost that I'd like to have seen. Uh, did bump into Aaron Nace, which is quite nice because we've had him on the on the He Shoots, He Draws but yeah, it's just some interviews I wanted to do. I didn't get done. I didn't see Dan Mumford, who's a really good friend, and didn't see him, and we kind of tried to meet up. But it was nice seeing the guys from Creative South because we hope something good's going to come from that. But yeah, it was just three days of absolute fun in the mothership. Um, I could go on about it longer. I won't because I realise I'm coming up to an hour already, and I don't want to bore you anymore. Max isn't cheap. I do think if you can justify the expense, if you can get there, if you can afford it, I would say go once. If you can get your company to help you out, definitely go along and just immerse yourself in three days of full-on creativity. I mean, you will. I think you'll do well to try and come away from it feeling you didn't get value for money. I think you definitely get that from it. Um, You've got to milk that that Creative Cloud subscription. You know, you've got all these amazing tools and it really frustrates me when people say, oh, why do I need the whole Creative Cloud? I only use two tools. Well, use the other tools, learn more skills. You know, don't just stick to just doing, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator. You know, learn InDesign, learn Premiere Pro, learn After Effects, learn Audition. If you, The more skills you learn, the more work you'll get. And if you're going to be quite resistant to, you know, being able to have all these tools, you're not going to move forward. You're going to kind of be stuck in a bit of a rut. And I always say, you know, every day's a learning day for me. I'm always learning something new. I'm, I'm going to start trying to learn a little bit more about Audition because I'm going to have to edit this episode because Glyn normally does all the editing. So this will be fun after this one because I'm recording this on Sunday night and you're listening to it on Monday, hopefully. But yeah, it was... Um, fantastic trip um i've got to thank alan hess because he shared with me um but we just had the best time there uh we also got to run into matt dawson of crop uh, matt is called stay gray pony boy uh, he runs a design his own design agency and he also runs an event called crop now i met matt at my first creative south that i went to and we become friends and i knew he had an event called crop which was kind of much smaller than adobe max more in the line of, of of an event like Creative South. And they happened to be in San Diego to do a thing called a pop-up crop. So it was about 120 people there. Uh, I think about six key guests. So I went back to San Diego with Alan. Um, I was going to go to crop the next day. I, on the Friday night, I went to the meetup. Uh, it was really cool because it was such a small event. It was nice to just be in such a small group of people. And the bonus for me was I barely knew anybody. And sometimes it's nice to go to an event where you don't know anyone. Um, because if you keep going to the same events where you know everybody, you don't really progress that much in terms of 
where you can go or if you can help them. So to go to an event where I didn't know anybody was really cool because a couple of them had been to Max. I did go and introduce myself, but there were going to be a bunch of new people at this one. So Friday night, I met up with a friend, Rocky Rourke, who's a fantastic designer. Um, we had a walk around East Village. Uh, it was hosted by a young lady called Roxy Prima, who's very talented. And she runs a, I don't know what it's called, really. It's called Ladies Who Paint. And they've been painting murals uh, around East Village in San Diego. And it was just incredible work. Um, such a mix of talent and art. And there were people who had painted murals that had never done a mural before. And there were some like seasoned pros who were very did some incredible artwork you know on the side of a building with paint when when you see the sides of it it's quite daunting to look at to think that you might have to do it but it was really cool and at the end of that we went to a place called five and a dime where francisco reyes jr from never made had a pop-up shop uh which was really cool and as always when i go to these events and people walk up to me and, and they hear my accent and they then they say oh you're australian and my stock answer to americans is always oh you canadians always get that wrong and then it's great to watch the confusion on their faces but alex i said to alex oh i'm so glad you you knew i was an englishman and he said yeah well, there's easy because i am and and alex i'd never met before it turns out i actually had one of his books He's uh, He does a lot of typographic work and large mural installations. He's got a huge one in Sony HQ in London. Um, he's an author of a couple of typography books, uh, which I said one I already owned. I hadn't realised it was him. Really nice guy. I'm going to put a link to him because I spent a bit of time with Alex. And uh, he it was just nice, again, you know, me, talking to people that I didn't know before, that we have mutual friends, and I'm going to keep in touch with him, uh, hopefully sort of see him at another event or... I think he lives in Canada now, so hopefully we'll bump into each other again. But the next day, uh, pop-up crop, it's a single-day event. Um, it's a spin-off of the main crop, which is going to be in April 2020 next year, and they've got an incredible lineup because it's their fifth year. Um, again, Mark Bricky from Adventures in Design was there. I met him in the morning. We both meet him and John, who's who goes by the name of Done by Saturday, who I hadn't met before, who was a real bonus meeting him and spending time with him. We helped a young lady with her shopping, bless her, all her bags had split. So uh, we did the gentlemanly thing. We crossed the road and we helped walk her all, walk her and her shopping back to her apartment. So it was nice to have a, a good chat with Mark and John then. I actually spent most of the day with John. It's, he's such a good designer and I sort of knew him through Slack channels through, uh, I'm in three Slack channels. It's Adventures in Design, uh, Master of One and Creative South and I knew John from a couple of those but it was nice actually meeting someone who's kind of like me who goes to the events to sort of meet everyone else. Uh, other speakers included uh, a really talented guy called Brian Steely from Steely Works, um, got to chat with him. So Roxy Prima, uh, Michael Fuchs, uh, Fugosu, who is an incredible uh, talent, uh, does some really cool artwork that he then turns into what looks like paper art but it's really clever um there was a let uh, uh an illustrator young illustrator called lauren griffin who was lovely got to spend some time with her there was tony diaz from industry who did a session um francisco reyes jr did a brilliant talk and i hadn't realized i was telling him a story about alan hesser gave me a poster when i was at his house and it was a billy idol poster or two billy idol prints and I said, oh, they, they look like they're done by Shepherd Fairy. And Alan said, yeah, they were. 
and they were autographed by Billy Idol and Shepard Ferry and he gave me a set of them and I was just like best thing I best thing I'd got out of the whole two weeks of being away I was absolutely gobsmacked and Alan had been to an event in 2008 and had met uh, Billy Idol because he, he worked with Billy Idol and his band so Alan sort of knew them and it was funny because his wife had a photograph taken with Billy Idol and she was a bit upset because this other bloke had got in the photograph and it turned out it was Shepard Fairey. If you don't know Shepard Fairey, he's the guy that did the Obama Hope poster and a ton of other stuff. But uh, I was completely not for sick. So I heard that um, Francesca Reyes Jr. actually works at Studio One with Shepard Fairey and has done for the past seven years. So that was quite cool because I didn't know that. Uh, the last guy on was a guy called Josh Higgins, who is an unbelievable talent. He worked for President Obama. He now works for Facebook. He he actually designed the Facebook thumb, uh, the Facebook logo, the new Oculus logo, the new, uh, I think it's Portals, the new video um, thing they've got, system that they've got. And he worked with the Muppets and he was telling this story about how he got started and just a really lovely guy, down to earth. We had a couple of mutual friends, so I spoke to him afterwards. Uh, Katia and James did a really good job hosting it. Um, so hanging out with John was a bonus. And I have to say, Matt Dawson, absolute legend, put on a fantastic event. I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I made a, made a bunch of brand new friends there. Um, some who are going to be using Astute. Some who are just going to be friends. Some I hope to see at other creative events. Uh, we had a beer at the end of the day at um, a local bar. It was sad. The trip was over. Um, I'd had such an incredible two events um, to be able to spend time with creatives who I look up to, uh, friends I know through the industry, friends who I've known through meeting them at Photoshop World. There was a lot of people there from from over my 10 years. I, mean, I, I actually known Alan the longest. I met him in 2010. I actually knew Alan before I knew Glyn by about a month uh, so it was cool hanging out with Alan um, staying at his house he took me around San Diego on my last day there it was just a really cool trip and I know this has been quite self-indulgent this episode and it's just gone over an hour uh, but I just wanted to tell you the kind of things the experiences you can have if you go to these sort of things because it is worth the money it is an investment in you it's an investment in your relationships. It's not necessarily all about learning a new technique. Sometimes it is just about opportunity. And if you know me and you know the things I've done and I'm doing, and you know, I mentioned I've got a book coming out. I think I get the preview edition next week. It's called How Do I Do That in InDesign? I've written that book for Scott Kelby. I've written that book for a, a top publisher, Rocky Nook. I never thought I'd ever be doing that. And this is that, that's one of the kind of things that's happened from me going to these events, from meeting people, building relationships, building trust, um, hoping that people don't think I'm a dick. Um, if you do, please don't tell me because my mum does listen. Uh, but yeah, it's just I just can't really say enough how you should go to these kind of things because every event brings something different and brings a different relationship or a different piece of information. And if you look back sometimes it's some of the successes you have go back and go through the breadcrumbs of how you got there and think of the relationships that had to happen for you to get that big win and you'll go back and you'll find it will just be some random meeting or a just a pure chance uh, coincidence of you and somebody else being in the same place or having a mutual friend and 
it, it is quite satisfying when you can look back and see those little wins and see how important those relationships are and never take them for granted don't ever be friends with someone because you want something for free you know be a customer be a friend be a supplier but whatever it is your relationship is build on it and make it stronger because one day something amazing will happen and you will be looking back when you have a big success and you'll be thinking oh god I'm, I'm so glad I met that person at that event I'm so glad I walked up to them and spoke to them you know me personally I'm so glad when I found Aaron Draplin on a blog I emailed him and we spoke about him coming to England and that turned into me going to my first Adobe Max getting my job at Astute and then the relationships I've built from there I've been at Astute for nearly three years next year so much has happened uh this isn't a brag this is just a you know the best things of my design life have happened in the last 10 years and I just turned 54 so it's not all about just you know doing it while you're young it is just about being out there and being a good human and just reacting with people and interacting uh just to quickly finish off I did finish uh like my three events in two weeks on Friday night, last Friday night, with Mark Herons from Creative Waffle. He's 21 years old. He's been doing a podcast for a couple of years now. He started when he was about 19. He's had some incredible guests on there. Um, I like to support Mark. He's kind of like my third son. Uh, he's doing great things. He's learning as he goes. He's making mistakes, but he's also getting some good wins. And he's he's going to do good things. If he keeps his nose clean and his eyes open, he's going to do some great things. And he put on his first ever event, which had about 70 people turn up to on a Friday night, which I thought was fantastic for him. Uh, he had some great speakers on. He had a London design agency called Dixon Backseat, who came out on a friday none of the instructors none of the speakers were paid they all did it off their own time they did a really good presentation uh, which is really inspiring showing how they work with some big brands um they did that for i think it's about half an hour talk then they had ian barnard who is a good friend lettering guy um amazing talent he did a really good talk which was funny because before the event i was saying about oh you know i, I think i'm I think I'm doing what I just need to do. I'm happy with my lot. And his talk was about funding your passion. And he said, I want to change your mind. And by the end of his talk, he had changed my mind. And I've actually had an idea about um, a passive income project that I'm going to work on, possibly with him, possibly not. But that was really cool. And it finished off with uh, Tom Ross from Design Cuts, who is starting to get on the speaking circuit. And I think that was, I think his third speaking gig he did. And he did a really good talk about uh, how to kind of, how to work on projects and push them forward and try and make them a success. So that was a really good talk by Tom. Uh, had a great time chatting with some friends who I'd only seen online it was a really good night in London it was only brief but I wanted to go and support Mark and if you can go and support Creative Waffle Podcast um, he's I think he's on Instagram as Blue Deer Design but he also does some really cool football stuff as well so if you like football as in English football uh, follow Mark but that's it that's enough from me I think I've gone on long enough uh, I hope you stuck with me um, we are going to be back over the next couple of weeks as I said with Glyn being busy I've got some guests lined up I've actually got an interview uh, on Thursday 
Uh, I think we're going to try and get Nick from Deeply Creative on. I'm hoping to get the Hood Sisters on. And I've got one or two other special guests that I'm just waiting for dates to confirm. But we will be back for our 100th episode. I believe, I think it's like 23rd of December. So this is episode 95. We've got five more to push out before the end of the year. Join us for each and every episode if you can please leave comments we're on social media at he shoots he draws but yeah the 100th episode we're going to try and make a bit special it's going to be me and glenn we've got a few things to give away and talking about what we're going to be doing in 2020 as well so that'll be cool um thank you for listening uh i know it's been a long one tonight and i appreciate you staying with me as i said this was my first solo uh episode it's been quite weird sat here just listening to my own voice um, i'm sure if you listen to the podcast you might you might like it you might not uh, it's odd not having glenn on the other side of the screen but um that's it that's that's my two weeks away uh some tips about events and hopefully you'll join us next week and we'll be back with episode 96 so uh thanks for sticking with me and uh, i'll speak to you soon